Hi, this is John Schlitt, and you're listening to Lifespring. Did Benita or anybody tell you about the show and stuff like that? I just, I was just told that you were really good. <laughs> Lifespring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004. Thanks for your support. And now, on with the show. Lifespring 174, a conversation with John Schlitt. Winner, 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 winner. We have a winner. <laughs> yes, welcome. This is Lifespring with a brand new theme song. Thank you to everybody who called in their comments and their suggestions and their votes. And for those of you who voted for the old theme, hey, it was a close, close call. But uh, it is Luminance that won the day. So for those that uh, didn't get your choice, I hope that this kind of grows on you like it has on me. But, you know, it's time. All good things must come to an end and... uh, Life is about change, and life is about new and exciting, and, uh, well, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. (laughs) Stick around, though. You never know when you might hear the old theme make its uh, return. Kind of like, you know, maybe a, a cameo appearance now and then. You know, on the old Superman movies. Well, not the old ones, but on the newer ones, you usually see the old... And I mean it more ways than one now. Lois Lane from the TV show when I was a kid. uh, Noel Neal, I think was her name. Something like that. Neal Noel. (laughs) Whatever it was. She was on the first uh, uh, Christopher Reeves. She's been on several other ones. So is it Christopher Reeves or Christopher Reeve? I could never get that right. It was George Reeves and Christopher Reeve. Okay. So anyway, what am I talking about Superman for? Anyway, so this is the song. This is the theme. This is the one you'll be getting used to, I hope. And I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so welcome. This is Lifespring. I'm Steve Webb. I'm your host. I guess I should identify myself. I don't want to just assume that you know. Although this is show number 174, and there have been, I don't know, a thousand or so episodes in the Lifespring Media family, something like that. I've lost count. So it's sort of kind of a safe assumption that you probably know who I am, but yeah, some, I love the fact that, oh man, I saw that our page views on the website jumped up 3,000 page views in one day, and it stayed that way. So welcome. If you are new to Lifespring, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope you stick around. What's happening today is a just a fantastic interview. I think you are going to so much enjoy the interview today with John Schlitt. Um, I, I could introduce him now, but I want to wait a couple of minutes. This week is the New Media Expo. I keep wanting to call it the Podcast Expo, but it's called now the New Media Expo. It's in Las Vegas. I'm leaving in a couple of days. I'm recording this Monday night, almost 10 o'clock in the evening, and we're going to be leaving Thursday morning, early, 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 early taken off to Las Vegas. Um, the The show starts Thursday morning, so we'll probably take off at about, I don't know, one or two o'clock, uh, drive all night, get there, enjoy the show, and check into our room that, that afternoon and just, you know, have a great time. Now, Saturday, as I've told you before, is uh, the uh, worship service for the Expo. And let me play this for you. This is something that has been making the rounds, I hope, around the potosphere, as they call it. Hi, I'm Steve Webb of Lifespring Media, and I'd like to invite you to join me at the second annual New Media Expo Worship Service in Las Vegas. Everyone is welcome to join us at the convention center at 8 o'clock in room N243. This year, Chris Christensen of the Amateur Traveler podcast and the Bible Study podcast will lead in a few songs of worship, and then Michelle Gold will bring her own unique brand of music. Michelle is a singer-songwriter who is a Jewish believer in Yeshua, that is, Jesus. At age 15, Michelle was introduced to Yeshua as the Messiah. Michelle has opened for such legendary singers as Gladys Knight, and she's sung all over the world. Beyonce and Mariah Meet Yeshua in Jerusalem is the best way to describe Michelle's fun, energy-filled music. Never been a 
Please join us on Saturday morning, August 16th at 8 o'clock at the Las Vegas Convention Center, room N243. You'll be glad you did. I really want to ask you to pray for the event. If you're not going to be there, pray that God will bring the people that he wants to hear the word to the worship service. If you're going to be there, then be sure you say hi, because uh, I'll be at the front of the room. <laughs> and I want to know that you heard about it here on the LifeSpring Show, and I want to know that you're part of the LifeSpring family. So um, before we get going with the interview with John, I also want to thank all the supporters of the LifeSpring Media family, those of you that that contribute gifts every month. I really want to tell you how much I appreciate it. And by the way, we have some uncovered expenses for the Expo, and if you would like to help contribute to covering the expenses, that would be much appreciated. Just go to LifeSpringMedia.com, and you can go in the right-hand sidebar, and you can see a link that says Become a LifeSpring Supporter, and that'll be very much appreciated, but I'm not going to belabor that point. Uh, Let's see. I want to thank also our advertisers. First off, I want to thank CovenantEyes.com. They are such a great sponsor, and they have such a fantastic tool to help you conquer the temptation of internet pornography. Internet pornography is a problem all around the world. Millions and millions and millions of people are viewing this, and lots of people want to just be free of the temptation. CovenantEyes.com has a great tool to help you overcome that temptation. I mean, when it comes right down to it, it's you that has to make the decision, but there are tools that you can use to help, and CovenantEyes.com has a great one. If, when you go over there to sign up, you use the promo code LifeSpring, you'll get your first 30 days absolutely free. If at the end of 30 days you say, you know, this isn't really for me, you just unsubscribe and you're done. No further obligation, but I think you'll really like the service. Also, I want to thank 1-800-PETMEDS. These guys have fantastic prices on prescription medications for your pets, also grooming needs and toys and stuff like that fantastic prices. Go over there, use my promo code LIFE, and you'll get a 10% discount off their already fantastic prices. And with any order over $39, you'll get free shipping. How great is that? All right, let's play a game. Let's get into the show here. I'm going to give you some facts and see if you can find the common denominator. Inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2000, Petro Praise 1 and 2, sales number over 1 million. The only artist to simultaneously have four albums in the top 100 of SoundScan top Christian albums. First rock group to win the GMA Dove Award for Group of the Year. First group to win 10, con- get it, 10 consecutive CCM Magazine Reader's Choice Awards. Top-selling non-European Christian artist in Europe. 1994, inducted into the Hard Rock Cafe. And this is the first Christian group to ever be inducted. Two RIAA certified gold albums. Four Grammy Awards, 10, count them, 10 Dev Awards. And if you add one more RIAA certified gold album to the list, Head East's Flat as a Pancake LP, you end up with just one common denominator. And that common denominator, of course, is John Schlitt, the frontman and the lead singer for Head East and, of course, Petra. John Schlitt is a name that for many people conjures up memories of a hard rockin' band from the Midwest called Head East. I think their biggest hit was Never Been Any Reason, which is still played by classic rock stations around the country. John was one of the founding members, the lead singer of Head East, in August of 1969, but he left the band to go to school not long after, only to return in 1973 after earning a degree in civil engineering. Head East has a reputation for putting on unbelievable shows, high energy, high volume, rock and music that crowds love. I had the opportunity just last week to talk to John Schlitt, and he's going to pick up the story from there. John, welcome. Well, thank you, buddy. It's always a pleasure to uh, talk to folks that are interested in what I'm doing. You've hit it so far. I'll tell you what, uh, it was a rockin' band, uh, uh, great musicians. Uh, I'd like to say that we were all very good friends right to the end, but that didn't happen because, uh, as usual, it, with most secular uh, systems, I got involved with drugs and alcohol and, and basically became a vegetable and ended up getting fired. Getting fired in March of 1980, went on a binge for six months trying to start my own band to show them that I didn't need them. and. Really, all it did was just give me an excuse to be high and drunk the, you know, six months straight, 24 hours a day. Uh, it almost brought me to suicide at that at that time in August. And I'll tell you what, if my wife hadn't become a Christian that same six-month period and tried to tell me about the Lord, although I wouldn't listen, and, and sort of uh, 
blackmailed me into going and talking to her pastor. Oh, wait a minute. Blackmailed uh, you? I'm serious. <laughs> i got to hear that. Okay, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, we had our anniversary on the 28th of August, and uh, uh, we were going to go to a party. And I got so plowed that I passed out on the couch because my Coke connection didn't come in. Mm. And the next morning I woke up, and my little son was looking at me like I was a stranger, and I realized that the creature that had been on stage all the time finally came home, and a little voice goes, you know, you're worth more dead than alive. And I believed it. I sat on my chair trying to contemplate just how I'd do it, uh, the least messy, the least painful. And also my wife comes up to me and says, remember, John, you promised you'd come and talk to my pastor tonight. And I said, when? <laughs> she says, last night when you are really drunk. <laughs> And so, you know, uh, how can you argue with that? Yeah. But, but I'll tell you what, I went to that pastor at, with having no expectations. I figured I'd go there, go through all the procedure, so she could remember that I tried when I finished what I was planning. Mm. But I'll tell you what, I never underestimate the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I walked in there, I walked out a new creature. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you what, it's never been the same since. I know now that I'm walking together with the Lord in every step I take even in the wrong steps, yeah. because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for me, Amen. and nothing I can do is ever going to take that away. So I started out as a, you know, a new person, basically. I, I, I'm serious. I was like, the weight of guilt and fear and debt and all that uh, just sort of went away. And so uh, in a very short time, I got out of debt, which was, I thought, absolutely superhuman, but it was God. And uh, five years later, I get a chance to be with what I consider the coolest band in, in the world. Now, wait a minute, though. Before you jump that five years, give us kind of a thumbnail sketch as to what happened during those five years. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. For the first two years, it was funny because I, I hated rock and roll. I blamed uh, rock and roll for my device, you know? Yeah. It's all evil. Everything, rock and roll is evil until someone gave me a Petra CD. Uh-huh. And I listened to that. I go, oh, my gosh. This is truly amazing. Do you remember which I, one of the, the CDs yep, it was? W- yep, worse wider than. And uh, uh, I listened to that record. Uh, I, at that time, I moved out to Utah to, uh, because I was working for a mining construction company at that time. I was the uh, assistant project engineer, and uh, I had to drive about a, an hour each way in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and I had three albums, Flipside by Phil Kagey, yeah. worse wider than, and uh, Never Say Die. And that's the only three albums that I listened to, or CDs that I listened to, for two years. So meanwhile, I'm not here in the wilderness. I mean, you're getting nothing. No radio, there's no, I mean, no Christian radio. And I wouldn't listen to the mainstream radio because it just, it just reminded me of my past. But uh, after the two years, I came, I came back to Indiana because I was promoted to the main office. I became the a cost and scheduling engineer for the same company. And all of a sudden, I, I, you know, I'm getting news again, and I'm finding out that Petra is like one of the biggest drawing bands, secular or Christian, in the country at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, and they got like three or four more albums, and I'm going, wow, these guys, I'm so glad. I, you know, I, I wish I could be in a band like that, but I know that God's never going to use me again because I was such a slob and, you know, in Head East. So, yeah. you know, it's that kind of stupidity that... Uh, that you think you think you know God's plan and you never do. Mm-hmm. So about oh my God, and like I said, about five years in. And meanwhile, I am just hungry for the Word. I mean, I'm I'm reading the Bible like I've never read anything before in my whole life. And one day I was sitting uh, down with my wife. It was a Sunday afternoon. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I have my new home. I just my first home I bought. Because all the, all the time before, I was always living in apartments and stuff because I was traveling all the time. Sure. And uh, so I've got my new house, a great church. My kids are going to Christian school. I've got a great job. I said to myself, well, this must be the American dream. This must be what it is. And all of a sudden, it was like God said, John, this is not it. This is not it. Uh-huh. There's something else going to be. I looked at my wife and said, but I'm not kidding you. I think God just told me that this isn't it. And I told her, you know what I was thinking? And she goes, well, what do you think it is? I said, got me. I have no <laughs> idea. And about uh, two, three weeks later, uh, Bob Hartman called my brother uh, because he had been on my crew when Flat as Pancake came out, and he had bought that album. And 
couldn't find me because I was an unlisted number, but he found Jeff's number and called him and said, Jeff, I'm Bob Hardman. I'm with a uh, Christian rock group called Petra, and I'd like to talk to your brother. And Jeff, Jeff goes, oh, no, he's not into that anymore. Uh-huh. He's not playing music anymore. And so I'm going, oh, no. And he goes, uh, uh, well, you know, he might want to talk to me. Let me give you my number, and uh, if he's interested, just have him call me. And Jeff said, okay, I'll do that. So he called me right after he got off the phone to Bob. And, you know, I know who Bob Hartman is. Give me a break. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe Greg's voice, uh, you know, was messed up and they've got to finish a CD and they want me to sing the background vocals or something like that, you right, know? Right, right. So I'm, and which was, would have been a dream for me, you know? Sure. And so I call, call up Bob and I says, hi, Bob, this is John Schlitt. And he goes, he started laughing because I'd called him up so quickly. <laughs> and he says, well, do you know who I am? I says, of course I know who you are. <laughs> I says, Petra, I'm, I'm one of the biggest fans of Petra. He goes, well... We want to know if you would consider taking Greg's place and being the lead singer for Petra. And I said, you've got to be kidding. I said, what's wrong with Greg? He goes, he goes well, just know that it's God's plan that we separate. Hmm. I said, okay, okay. And I said, okay, let's do it. And he goes, well, don't you think you should pray about it? I'm going, oh, man, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and, you know, and what's funny is my wife, one of the reasons why I got out of secular music was, even after I became a Christian, I, I had the band that I was doing that six months with already had dates and stuff and actually had interest from about three different record companies. Uh, but it was just a real, I mean, every time I stepped out of the house to go on these dates in the secular world, all oh, the enemy was just more temptation I'd ever had with Head East, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'd come back fallen and the church would pray for me and, and lift me up again. And it just, it was just a, a, a just a battle. Sure. And so, uh, we were having this big meeting to determine whether I should leave or not. And finally, everybody's going, Oh, you should stick with it. Just another month. The record company's coming. It'll be something. Da, 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 you know, and, and my wife is watching all she says, John, here's how it is. It's either music or me. Oh, and I looked there. I said, well, guys, that's it. That takes care of it. I'm out. And they all just, you know, their mouths fell open and said, I can't believe that. Yeah. You, you can't go without rock and roll. I said, yes, I can. And so because of that, even five years later, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know if uh, Dorla's going to like that idea of being, you know, in, in another rock band. I look over at the kitchen, and she's dancing and praising God and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the answer prayer. I'm going, well, I guess she's okay with it. So <laughs> I love it. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much uh, I knew it was going to be. I mean, from the time he, he uh, asked me, I, I knew that was God's plan. And six months later, I'm singing in Australia, Brisbane, Brisbane Australia, about, for about 6,000 people. The uh, first time I sang sober in eight years. So wow. it, was, it was a scary time. Yeah. But it, it worked. And make a long story short, 20 years later, it's, it's like it happened yesterday. It's been an amazing ride. Praise God. <laughs> so so let's talk about what's going on with you now. Uh, okay. Before we talk about the new project, um, mm-hmm. I saw something on your website that I thought was really cool. So could you say a few words about your mission statement? I'll tell you what. I believe, first of all, God gave me a second chance. He certainly did. I mean, mm-hmm. I should be six feet under, but yeah. he loved me so much that he had a plan for my life even before I was born, you know? Yeah. And uh, I remember what I thought of being a Christian when I was, before I was saved. And I had a lot of friends. I had one friend, uh, actually the bass player, Petra, who basically killed himself by drinking and drugging himself to death. Mm. He, he died a lonely man mm-hmm. after going through three marriages and a, and a son. He died a lonely man in a one-room flop house. And, and that shouldn't have been because... I tell you what, one of his wives were Christian, and she called me up and said, Dan thinks he's worthless, and I said, put him on, but he wouldn't talk to me. Uh. And uh, it's just, I really believe that we are given the opportunity to do that commission, and that is to tell the world about Jesus Christ. Mm. So I get to use a music style, a talent that he's given me, to lift him up at every turn. And I'll tell you what, I will never, I will never stop doing that unless he tells me to stop. Right. And, you know, if he closes all the doors, then that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Then there'll be something else he wants me to do. But right now, I want to praise him until I have no more breath. 
One of the things about your mission statement is you mentioned the Great Commission for sure, but then also encouraging believers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, let's face it, we go to church, what, an hour and a half, three hours a week, and every other minute we're getting bombarded by the enemy and his philosophies. And we need every chance we can get to encourage each other. Absolutely. That's uh, one of the coolest ministries that Petra's ever had, and me solo-wise is to be able to sing to the choir once in a while, you know, and lift them up and say, hey, we're not losing. Don't let the world kid you. Jesus Christ is not dead. He's alive. He died for us, but yes, he arose and has defeated the enemy. We need to encourage people doing, and I mean, every chance we can get, because like I said, the enemy's absolutely trying to fill us full of lies every other minute. You betcha. The media does everything they can to to try and make believers look like, you know, bigots are not very smart and on and on and on. And and sometimes we when we're not encouraged, we have a tendency to say, well, I I know I'm not an idiot. I know I'm not stupid. But the world tries to to say that to us. and, And we know we're not. But sometimes we're a little bit embarrassed. Oh, you know why we're embarrassed? Because the world tells us we're supposed to be. Yes. I'll tell you what, it, it, it even goes worse than that. Right now, even in our country, and it's supposed to be a Christian country, Jesus Christ is being ridiculed, laughed at, uh, cheapened, while these phony prophets are being lifted up and put on pedestals. Yep. And it really irritates me. In fact, uh, that's the subject of one of the songs in my new CD. Well, you know, uh, that's a great segue. Let's go ahead and talk about that. probably three songs that I love the most right now on, on my CD. I'm not going to tell all of them, because I think when you listen to it, you're going to like every one of them. Yeah, I, I but, do too. Uh, Only Men is a uh, song that, it was the first song that I, that uh, the first subject I wanted to write about. And when I told my son-in-law what I wanted to do, he looks at me and says, that's a little gutsy, Dad. I said, somebody's got to be gutsy. Somebody's got to lift up the Lord. You bet Somebody's got to start telling the truth. This song is basically saying, He is Lord, and they are only men. They're dust in the ground now, where He is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and only through Him will we see heaven. And that people may not like that, you know, the followers of these dust balls, but it's too bad. It's a truth that I believe, and it's a disgust that I, that I want to start showing people, you know, the, bringing to their attention. The enemy is doing it so slowly. And and when I say the enemy, I'm I'm basically saying the evil of this world is doing a great job of slowly but surely cheapening our Lord. And when you do that, you basically cheapen our belief. And when that happens, then yeah, people are going to be embarrassed because the, the politically correct thing is not to be Christian. You can be anything else, just don't be a Christian. Yeah, it's the only group that is uh, politically correct to go after, to denigrate. Oh, absolutely. You, you can say anything you want about Christians. You say something about a, a Muslim, oh my gosh, naughty, naughty on you. Or a Buddhist, oh, naughty, naughty on you, that's not right. You're criticizing a, 
a minority. Well, minority my foot. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is go to Europe and you find out who's a minority. mentioned Dan Needham. Talk yes. about Dan Needham a little bit. Dan Needham is my son-in-law. Very proud of him. Uh, first of all, he's a great son-in-law. Second of all, he's an amazing producer and one of the finest drummers in Nashville. He's a, he's a studio drummer. He's played with uh, artists such as Amy Grant, uh, Michael McDonald, Petra. He was a guest performer on Petra Praise 2. So actually, that's where I met him. Uh, so, uh, it's just been a real blessing to me. For five, six years, he was here in my studio at home, at my home. It gave me a chance to listen to his stuff. And he, oh my gosh, he did some amazing stuff for Everlife. He basically created them. I mean, he, he and his partner helped basically design them. Now they're big stuff in the Disney bracket. His style was exactly what I wanted to sing to. In fact, I tried to convince Bob that he should produce our last two Petra records, but Bob just, he had his own thinking and just would did not agree with me. So, <laughs> so I basically uh, looked at Dan one day and said, you know what? That's fine. Uh, I'm glad it's not used because I want to on my next solo record. You will produce my next solo record. He looked at me and go, yeah, sure, Dan. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I finally came up to him and says, okay, I've got the money. I want you to produce this next record, and this is what I have in mind. Uh, it wasn't finished until two and a half years after Petra retired. Uh -huh. And part of it was because Bob and I did a praise and worship album, just sort of by accident, which gave me a little more time. We toured for about a year, and it gave me a little more time to just sort of sit and think about what I was going to do for this next project. It wasn't an overnight thing. And because of that, uh, it really became very clear to me what I needed to do for this next project, which would be really relevant to me at my age. Who am I going to be singing to? Uh, what style do I want? What subject matter do I want to give? I just All that just sort of crystallized in probably the, about the last four months before I started it. So it was a, a great thing to be able to sort of stay away from it and, and think through it and have these other things I could do. You mentioned two things in that last paragraph or, or a couple of paragraphs that, that we need to talk about a little bit. First off, I just want to say on the style, you have several styles on this CD. It's not all, you know, hard driving, hard rocking type stuff. You have some mm -hmm. just beautiful ballads on here as well. And you also mentioned Bob. I just want to clarify for the listeners that Bob is also a former member of Petra. And you guys came up with a really unique title for the, for the name of your band. Well, we came up with what the only title we could think of, and that was Two Guys from Petra. <laughs> hey, listen, we, we were going to come up with a We had like four or five other names, but we knew for a fact that it wouldn't matter what we called ourselves, they would say Two Guys from Petra. <laughs> exactly. But we just said, hey, let's call ourselves Two Guys from Petra. <laughs> and it's the numeral, too. So, you, you know, you. you yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're going to Google it, you've got to do that. You've got to do the numeral, too. <laughs> or the, the Roman yeah, numeral. <laughs> it was fun. I'll tell you what, Bob and I would go out, and it was supposed to, it was supposed to be an acoustic praise and worship album. But when you put a guitar in Bob's hand, forget it. <laughs> it was about acoustic as I could be. And, but, but we did go out acoustically uh, and on our tour. Yeah. It was so neat. All we had to do was bring one guitar, uh, a nice guitar, but one guitar. Right. We plugged directly into the uh, mic line. Right. And then we had two other microphones. And that's all we were. And we did old Petra stuff. And, yeah. Bob did an amazing job of re reformulating the the chords to where they could sound big and full on rock stuff with an acoustic. Right. 
but then, you know, acoustic numbers were amazing. So it was fun. And it, Bob and I had a ball. I didn't realize that Bob's actually a very funny dude. Uh-huh. But of course, it took me 22 years <laughs> to find out. But, uh, but uh, man, we'd get, we'd get on the stage and we'd start sharing and we'd sort of kibitz each other. And it was, it was just fun. It was just a lot of fun. No, that's awesome. So right now you guys aren't doing anything together? No, that character retired. Oh man, what he's what nerve! Fishing and playing tennis. Oh, playing what tennis, really? Oh, oh, he's a great tennis player. Oh, that's impressive at that age. Oh, oh listen, he, he goes around he's a lot. But he's a lot better shape than I am, and I'm you know I jump around on stage all the time. Yeah. Well, good for him. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's get back to talking about uh, The Grafting, which is the title of this CD. You open up with a track called Stand. Stand is actually about divorce. I knew that that was a subject that adults are, are concerned with, but it wasn't just divorce is a sin, but it's not an impartable sin. And God loves us. And again, Jesus shed his blood for every one of our sins. There's not one that's worse than the other. That is right. And Basically, it said, even though I messed up and blown it and made wrong decisions, my Lord does not condemn me. And if that's where he's at, that's where I'm going to stand. That's a great opening. I I thought it was, too. It's funny. uh, It's the one song that I helped co-write, and it was probably my least favorite song for a while. But like, like you said earlier, man... Tell you what, after you listen to these songs, it, they grow on you. Now that song is probably one of my favorites. A promise from the start We spoke it from our hearts Isn't that the way it all begins? It's when you look away Our only heart can stray
talk about the song, The Face of God. This one, oh, the first time I heard it, oh, golly, just really touched my heart. Oh, thank you. I, that's, uh, I'll tell you what's funny. You know, I told you I had about three favorites. Well, it's now gone up to six, uh, <laughs> just as we're talking. Yeah. Um, Face of God is a, is a beautiful song. I uh, have worked with Compassion International, and for like the last 12 years, I've worked with a, a ministry called Food for the Hungry. Mm-hmm. And basically, it, it takes care of kids, their families, the community. Uh, it just it improves the community by the the money that you send. It, it sponsors a child, but through that child, the whole community becomes better. For instance, there are so many kids in the world every day dying just because of bad water, because they don't understand how to keep their sewage out of their drinking water. Mm-hmm. One of the neatest miracles, and I'm telling you, that's what these people think it is, is showing them how to dig a well. Mm. And that water is the cleanest stuff they've had in years. Right. And then, then they show them how to keep the sewage away from the, the aquifer, you know, mm-hmm. and by just digging a hole and having a board, you know. Mm-hmm. And what that does, it separates the, the sewage from the fresh water, and all of a sudden these kids are living. You know, the, the whole life cycle for them and their family is, is absolutely improved. And I'll tell you what, it was such a thrill for us to go over to Peru and have them show us one of their wells. Being a civil engineer, that's what I was most interested in. And it was just so neat to see that water come out and know that you could drink it. Yeah. Even I could drink it, you know? Uh-huh. And it's just, it was just a, a, a wonderful thing. Awesome. The song itself is about those kids. Uh, seeing the faces of the kids that were sponsored, the light in their eyes, the hope, uh, because someone in, in America cared enough to spend $30 a, a month, uh, and then, but to see the other the kids that were running along with us that weren't sponsored, and you know, you could just see the difference in night and day. And to me, looking in the eyes of those kids that were sponsored, you're just you're just seeing the face of God through the fact that you're caring, that you are being someone who God chose. There's one line that says, "Even though you don't understand it, it's left to you and me." That's what it is. It's it's left up to us the most blessed country in the history of mankind. Even in our hard times, we got it better than anyone else in the world. And we are the hands and the feet of God. A- absolutely. And we, and we show the love of Jesus through our giving. When you do this for the least of them, you're doing it yeah. for me. You can close your eyes to hide your fears Hold your ears to block the cries You can turn your head to wipe your tears But the hunger never dies It's beyond all understanding
about your eyes. Actually, Dan wrote that, as he wrote most of the others, too. I didn't have much to say about that one. Mm-hmm. It just happened. It's a beautiful song. I mean, it's, it basically says, you don't have to cry anymore. You don't have to worry. The only thing to remind you of the pain you went through was the stain of your tear-filled eyes. But they're dried up now because we don't have to worry about it anymore. He'll wipe the clouds from your skies. He'll wipe your eyes. It just I think that probably is the softest song of the whole album by far. It is a wonderful song of hope, I think. It is just a- absolutely. beautiful. Absolutely. That was a Dan Needham thing where he had an absolutely had an idea and wanted to give it to me and I said, Okay, buddy, that sounds great. That goes right along with, you know, all the other subjects and uh it became, I'll tell you what, it, it became it surprised me, it became one of my favorites also. Mm-hmm. It goes over live very well, which also surprised me. Well, you know, it's so sensitive. Say what you want Say it ain't real God only knows The pain you feel Nobody lives In the shoes that you wear Until they've walked a mile started singing live was a little tough for me because Dan had me singing so different that I had to get used to singing in that style uh-huh. and uh, you know I'm used to go out there and belt it out and everybody sort of sits back because it's so loud and <laughs> this was one of those things where I had to really learn to bring across the inflections and the, and the mood of each song and as I did it got to be more fun and more peaceful he'll take you lost in 
come to one of my shows, you're going to get rocked, but you're also going to be able to contemplate stories. Mm -hmm. And that's just so cool. To me, that's entertaining for an adult. You know, kids want to stand up and bounce all over the place and knock themselves crazy. Uh, Adults want to... They, they, they like to stand up, too, but sometimes they want to sit down and be entertained or be tested. or. Well, you know, sometimes adults just have to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think the track that is my favorite is the title track. Let me tell you a story. I have five grandkids, and if it wasn't for very brave women, unmarried women, that chose life over death... I wouldn't have any of them. She's too young to be a mother But sometimes life is cruel And makes a life decide another Scared but sees beyond the moment She gives her boy away And pray someday he'll know her Love goes on and on When he finds that life comes in the grafting They're all adopted, and they were given a chance to have wonderful families, and those families were given a chance to have wonderful kids and grandkids. And I wanted to lift up the fact that it took courage of women in a society that says it's easier to just eliminate them than to suffer those nine months for that child's life the rest of his life. And I wanted to make sure that people remembered that they were important, too. I'll tell you what, they're very brave. They really are because, it, you know, they, they think that all I have to do is have an abortion and it'll be done. Now, that's a lie. Oh, no. That is that, a lie that, from that, the pit of hell. Oh, my gosh. That's one of the biggest lies in the history of mankind. You never forget. And you know what? I, I want to say to any woman that has had an abortion, hey, that is a sin, yes, but remember the blood of Christ yes. is greater than anything. Yes. And to not let the enemy use that to tear you to pieces. And if you're not a Christian, I'm telling you right now, you have the right to hear about Christ, and you'd be surprised how that piece of His understanding could help you through through the hurt that you have. They have the idea that it's going to be gone, but it takes courage because really, once you have the baby, you know that that baby now has life. But there's there's still the questioning, you know. Uh, I wonder what that baby is doing now. You know, now now the baby's two, now the baby's five, now the baby's ten, now the baby's an adult, mm-hmm. and it it never goes away. And and I love the way the grafting goes, how this story goes. Oh yeah, where he goes and finally confronts her and says, "Thank you, mom." Yeah. My two grandkids with my daughter and son-in-law. Actually, the oldest, uh, his mother, can come and visit him whenever she wants. Hmm. And the the youngest, I don't know, I think she has the same right, but she was so young when she had him that she's still a baby herself. Sure. But the mother who had uh, Max, my oldest grandson, came from a beautiful family, just made a mistake. The, the family, you know, is very concerned about him, but they don't interfere, you know? Right. So it, it's a cordial thing where she comes and sees him once in a while, yeah. you know, with the permission of my daughter and son-in-law, which I think is sort of cool, too, because I tell you what, Max is going to know that his his birth mother cared about him, too. He certainly knows that his adopted mom and dad love him, and trust me. <laughs> well, you know, I think that an adoptive parent, or parents in this case, of course, I think they deserve a medal to be able to, you know, take in a, a child that isn't theirs biologically, but they love them, and, and the child really becomes theirs. I mean, oh. you don't look at an adopted child and say, well, you're adopted. You don't do that, especially when you're the parent. But yeah. they, they deserve a medal. But even more so, the mom that gives up the baby. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I, I almost have to disagree with you because okay. uh, their, their, their medal is the child. Yeah, okay. You yeah, know, yeah. They, when my kids, uh, actually, both, I've got the three sons, and my middle son has, has two kids adopted also. And when Carrie and Dan had uh, got Max and Logan, they got them right after they were born. The day they could walk out of the hospital, the child could walk out of the hospital or, or be taken right. out, uh, they had them in their hands. And that, and they've been trying for many, many years, and uh, uh, now they have a family. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, they, it's a, totally a treasure to them. Sure. And I'll tell you what, it's a treasure to me. Yeah, of course. Our, our, our grandkids live over here more than they live at home. <laughs> <laughs> and are you the good kind of grandpa, the kind that just spoils them rotten? Or, uh... Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's jump to the, the end of the, the CD. Your last track is Carry On. I think every record I've ever done, uh, including Petra Records, there has to be that encouraging word. Mm-hmm. And I think Carry On basically says, we Christians, we can't be a light and hidden underneath a shade. we got to let our faith be known. Imagine yourself in this world without anything at all. No rhyme and no reason, no hope and no perfect love. Trying to live without living inside No one could know till you showed them Brother, my sister, and everyone that believes Don't give up living style can sometimes be the, the best ministry you can have. You, you've got to be what you say you are. If you're a Christian, then be a Christian. Granted, you're going to fail. That doesn't mean you're not a Christian. I'll tell you, people are searching all the time. They're searching for that, what to fill that empty spot in their heart. And that's why you have so much drugs and alcohol and, and premarital sex. And they're always trying to fill that empty spot, which only Christ can fill. And the only way they're going to learn about it is if we who know are able to live our life the way we're supposed to and be an example. And as their interest sparks up of what's different about us, it's amazing how that can ignite a conversation that can lead into seeing another member of human race become part of the family. I think that's so important to say that, too, that we need to live the authentic life. And that's got to be the first thing that our speech is, and I put that in quotes. Our life Mm -hmm. is the message to the non-believers around us. And then when the Holy Spirit is ready, he will cause that person to ask the question because they can't Mm -hmm. seek unless God draws them. I'll tell you a story. I was uh, doing a Petra tour, and we were out with, I was out with uh, several young men that I thought were all pastors, all right? Mm-hmm. And we were having lunch together, and I says, well, what churches do you pastor? And they looked at me and said, oh, we, we're not pastors, we're going to school. And I said, well, what college? She says, oh, no, we're not college, we're high school. And I looked at him, I said, and all of a sudden the, the youth pastor of this bunch said, Oh, yeah, they're, they're my soldiers, he says. They, they are amazing. He says, they will go to school every morning, and they'll go where all the potheads stay, uh-huh. and they'll stand in a circle and start praying. And, of course, they're going to get kibitzed, but the ones with the biggest mouths are the ones that will come when they're by themselves, will go up to them and say, you know, uh, I respect what you do. I, I think it's cool that you're standing for what you believe. But really what they're saying is help. They're crying for help. And it's because those guys stand strong and let those that light shine big time. And I think that's wonderful. It's not hitting people over the head with a Bible and, you know, mm-hmm. the first thing out of your mouth is, are you saved or something like that? Because all that right. does is close a turn door. And burn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, when we uh, started touring in Europe, one of the first things we, we realized just very quickly is you don't point a finger and say, you're going to hell, you better get saved. Mm-hmm. What you do is you say, Jesus did this for me. This is why I'm so excited to sing this about him to you all. Mm-hmm. In other words, he helped me, period. That's all you say. Because, uh, first of all, it's the, the typical image of the Europeans have Americans of we know everything better than they do, and we're always telling them how to live. Right. But So what you do is you just let your light shine. And it's amazing what can happen. And that's much more attractive than the turn and burn type message. You know, I was, I was at a at Huntington Beach yesterday. Um, the the U.S. Open Surfing Championships were down there, and mm-hmm. there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people from every walk of life, and and most of them were, you know, just way. I mean, they were, you know, people think of Southern California as being filled with freaks and stuff. Well, there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of them down there, but there was <laughs> <laughs> there was this one guy there. 
that had this great big huge banner that he was holding up and it was basically the turn and burn thing you know you're mm-hmm. gonna you're going to hell and da 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 and there was a, probably a radius of 20 feet all around him where people completely avoided this guy yeah, yeah. Whereas if he'd had a banner that said, Jesus loves you, something, you know, that was or, attractive. Or you, you, you have the right to know about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, right now, that this generation does not like to be told anything. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you say you have the right to at least know about him, and it's being stolen away from you by the world, and all of a sudden it's like, hey... I don't like the fact that somebody's taken my rights away. And, and that's actually a very good way to, to speak to the younger generation. What they don't like is they don't like the concept of right and wrong. Yes. They don't believe it anymore. And we can thank our, our liberal uh, school system for that. Uh, absolutely, everything's supposed to be relative. So, if, so you can't say this is right and this is wrong because they don't even want to accept that concept. But if you say, hey, somebody's stealing a right that you have away from you, then sometimes that opens their eyes a little quicker. Interesting. Yeah, very common is to hear people say, well, that's your truth. Yeah, but yeah. see, it's a shame. Oh, man, don't get me started. But I'll have to write another CD. <laughs> uh, just the idea of how the system has been absolutely turned around where good is bad and bad is good. It just, it really upsets me a lot. If you could sum it down, you could say that their their philosophy is there is absolutely no absolutes. And see, that is absolutely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Because there there is an absolute. There's absolutes in everything. What you gonna do? This life is passing by you. Tomorrow has no promise, has no Back to the CD. I know that you are about to begin a tour. Is that correct? Working on it as we speak. Yes. So, is there any any dates that you can tell people about? They're working on it, and, and okay. uh, I have a booking agent that likes to get it all together and then hand it to me and say, "Didn't I do a good job?" Yeah. Okay. I'm actually waiting very patiently, and my patience is quickly running nigh. <laughs> We'll and be... that's, just in, that's just in case my booking agent's listening. Okay. <laughs> Good. Well, I was going to say, give me your agent's email, and I'll be sure they get a copy of this recording. <laughs> oh, I'm fun. definitely they're listening. Trust me. Okay. Very good. I'm a weird dude. I like to travel. So, <laughs> even weirder, my family likes it, too. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they, li- they, they like I mean, to go they with like, you, yeah, or they like they, you to go away? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't say much for me, does it? <laughs> I don't believe that at all, John. Oh, it's not quite that bad. (laughs) Well, brother, if you uh, make it to Southern California on your tour, I sure hope we can get together. That would be wonderful. I would love it. Well, I'll be keeping an eye on your website, which is johnwschlitt.com, everybody. Go there, and uh, he's got a link on there for for tours and for the tour. And so, as soon as you get some content up there, um, I'm going to be looking at it to find out when I can come see you. Hey, thank you, man. And, and what was that website again? I think it's uh, johnwschlitt.com. S C H L I T T. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, it actually, it's everything. Uh, it's uh, you can uh, order a, a, a CD through there. It's it's actually a pretty major site. There's a lot to do on it. So there is. There's a lot of content. So, guys, get over there and check it out. Yeah, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're living it, dude. <laughs> it's too complicated for me. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that bad. You should come by the house. I'll give you some lessons sometime. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, John, may God bless you, my brother, and thank you so much for spending time with us. It was an honor, man. Thank you so much for your interest, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, hope your program goes fantastic.
All right, John, thanks again for being on the show. Isn't he a great guy? I'm going to encourage you to go over to his website, johnwschlitt.com, and buy that CD, or you can also pick it up in the LifeSpring bookstore at lifespringmedia.com. Well, the show's getting kind of long, so I'm going to head out of here. Remember, you can email me anytime you like at steve.lifespring at gmail.com, or better yet, you can use the toll-free comment line at 877-433-9091. Please don't forget to pray for the Expo Worship Service this week, August 16th at 8 o'clock in the morning. Until next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. enjoyed this program, will you consider helping to support LifeSpring Media? Details are at LifeSpringMedia.com. Thank you.